Welcome to St. Martin in the Fields and welcome to Great Sacred Music today. Uh, because of the events of the last few days, we're going to be considering a lament and we're going to be regarding this next 35 minutes together as uh, uh, an act of lament for Her Late Majesty Queen Elizabeth II. So as in common with all of our musical uh, events in the church over this 10 day period, we're going to begin with a time of silence. I ask you to stand and keep silence in Her Majesty's honor together. Rest eternal grant to her, O Lord, and let light perpetual shine upon her. Please be seated. Lament is perhaps the most sincere form of prayer. It is bringing our profound sadness uh, to God. Not necessarily asking God to do something, uh, but usually to bring our reality more closely in line with the promises of God's kingdom. Uh, and we're going to be considering uh, the work of Thomas Tompkins today and the story of the death of Absalom because the, the description of the death of Absalom, which we've just heard sung in brief form um, just now by the voices, is, is perhaps the most poignant passage in the whole Bible and an extraordinarily moving passage uh, that reflects, I think, quite significantly on the current grief of the nation because David uh, is not a great father and his, one of his sons, Absalom, rebels against him, builds a kind of state within a state in Israel in the 10th century BC uh, and builds up a great following and then declares war on his father, tries to seize the kingdom, and in the great battle that follows, Absalom is riding a mule and his head is caught in the branches of a tree and he's left hanging between heaven and earth uh, until somebody comes along and, shall we say, shafts him. And David gets the news and the, the description in the scripture is, is extraordinarily vivid. Uh, and the news is broken with the words, may all, may all the enemies of my Lord King be like this man. So nobody actually says Absalom has died. It's just inferred that Absalom has died. And then David is overcome with grief and says, oh, uh, oh my son Absalom, oh my son Absalom, my son, my son, would that I had died instead of you. O oh, Absalom, my son, my son. And then, fascinatingly, he goes and grieves in the tower and his prime minister, or whatever we call the person who's his right-hand man at the time, comes and fetches him and says, pull yourself together, man. You've got a, a nation still to run. You can't be king. It, you know, you've defeated your enemy. Okay, he was your son, but you've defeated your enemy. Uh, you, you can't be king if you're just going to go around moping. And it's fascinating to reflect 
on to what extent do we expect King Charles now to be grieving for his mother and to what extent do we assume that he takes on the responsibility of king regardless of the circumstances and there's a nation to rule over. So it's a, it's a fascinating part of the Bible for lots of reasons. Anyway, we're going to hear though that most dramatic setting by Thomas Tompkins in a few moments' time. It's our tradition of great sacred music to start with a hymn that we all sing together, uh, and we're going to do that today. And in the, theme, in the spirit of lament, you can find it on the inside of your, of your sheets, Drop, Drop, Slow Tears, a very, very short hymn, uh, by Phineas Fletcher. Phineas Fletcher was a 17th century English poet, and obviously it's about tears, but he's describing three ways water brings us close to God. One, through drowning our faults and fears, an obvious reference to baptism. Another, by our tears, and uh, through which we lament and cry out to God. And a third is by washing one another's feet in obedience to Christ's command. So it's a, it's a, it's a tiny poem, a tiny hymn, but it's incredibly elegant in the way that it trans transforms our grief uh, into something beautiful in the way of worship. So we remain seated, the voices will stand and lead us as we sing Drop, Drop, Slow Tears. Now, who was Thomas Tompkins? He uh, was the organist at Worcester Cathedral, where he married his predecessor's widow. Uh, and his greatest distinction was that he composed most of the music for the coronation of Charles I. But in 1612, Henry, the young prince of Wales, died. Just imagine if Henry hadn't died, Henry had become king, Charles I had never been king. There was no beheading of Charles I. There was no English Civil War. Well, the rest is unimaginable. So it was, a, it was a momentous event, the death of Henry, Prince of Wales, in 1612. And it's thought that uh, when David heard the anthem we're about to hear was composed uh, after the death of Henry, Prince of Wales, as a lament. It's, it comes in two sections, and it's the shift of this anthem, When David Heard, 
from a third-person description to a first-person expression of grief, which you'll pick up as you hear the music sung. It's, it's sudden, it's, it's shockingly intimate. And you've probably heard so many interviews, as I have in the last few days, where the, people talk about the Queen's responsibilities, the Commonwealth, and constitutionally, and opening Parliament and everything, and then somebody says, but she was also a mother. We've probably heard that too many times. It's almost now a cliche, but actually it's the same point. It's moving from the, the, the public responsibility to the, the intimate uh, personal experience, and that's what, you, that's what we have in this anthem. Before we hear uh, When David Heard, we're also going to hear another uh, anthem by Thomas Tompkins' Turn Unto the Lord.
We're going to look at two uh, different kinds of lament now. The first, something I'm sure many people here can relate to, the lament at unrequited love. Uh, open her deaf ears or close mine eyes. What a succinct way of putting the two alternatives in the face of unrequited love. Open her deaf ears or close mine eyes. And then the last piece is not by Thomas Tompkins, it's by Orlando Gibbons, his contemporary, uh, composed in 1612 as a madrigal, and tells the legend of the swan, who's largely silent in life and sings beautifully only just before uh, its death. Now, you'll be familiar with the phrase swan song. You may not be familiar with where the term arises. It arises just here with the notion of a swan who sings its beautiful song only just before its death.
Well, it's time for us all uh, to sing again. It's still sad, I'm afraid. It's all sad today. Uh, but we're going to sing Oh God, Our Help in Ages Past by Isaac Watts, the great nonconformist hymn writer based on Psalm 90, a lament for the human condition, setting the shortness of life and limitations of human beings against the timeless greatness of God, our help in the past and our hope for the future. We remain seated. The voice will, voices will stand and lead us as we sing, O oh God, our help in ages past. We're coming towards the end of great sacred music for this week and this act of lament for Queen Elizabeth uh, II. I hope you've, uh, if not enjoyed it, at least appreciated it and, and um, been glad to be part of it. If you, if you have, there's an opportunity to make a donation as you leave. You can swipe a card as well as drop uh, cash in a, in a basket, whatever your preferred means. You can also text and go on the website and give online, particularly if you're joining us uh, online. Thank you for, for being with us. We're going to finish with uh, perhaps one of the best-known acts of lament in the Old Testament. Uh, the Israelites, as you may well know, went into exile at the beginning of the 6th century BC in Babylon, 500 miles to the east. Uh, and 
much of the Old Testament was written because of the tragedy of having lost their homeland and their longing to go back. And Psalm 137 is perhaps the definitive psalm of exile. How can we sing the Lord's song in a strange land? They thought maybe they would never go back to the promised land. Uh, it's, a, it's a way of understanding the shift in the Old Testament from their faith in a God of what I call a God of four, a God who they wanted to do things for them to make their life better, to the discovery of a God of with, a God who was their companion in good times and in bad. This is a slightly more lively setting that we're going to have, but it's still, uh, and it'll probably be familiar to you, but it's still uh, profoundly uh, a lament psalm, a song of grief. And as we share in the nation and the Commonwealth's grief for Queen Elizabeth, um, I, I fall back on a phrase that I found helpful for many, many years, uh, which is this, if it can't be happy, make it beautiful. And I think that's what our nation and Commonwealth are doing right now, not making it happy, but making it beautiful. I hope that's what we've done together uh, today. Thanks for joining us.